Hi, I'm Liv Bolton, and this is The Outdoors Fix, a podcast to inspire people wanting to make adventures outdoors a bigger part of their life. Today's guest is adventure photographer Jesse Leon. Jesse captures people in the outdoors, whether hiking in Switzerland, winter climbing in Snowdonia, or at outdoors festivals. She's also a Get Outside champion for Ordnance Survey and encourages more people to have fun in nature. I went to see Jessie at her house on the edge of the Peak District to find out how she transitioned her career from studio corporate photography to adventure photography. She also has some great tips for how to use your camera when on a cliff face, what equipment you need, and how to get the perfect adventure shot. So, let's get to the interview. Jesse, thank you so much for having me to Sheffield. I've got a nice cup of tea here because it is cold outside, isn't it? <laughs> it's properly wintry outside, isn't it? It's getting a bit dark and it's only like four o'clock. So yeah, just like looking forward just to like those cozy evenings in. I know, um, yeah, definitely. How would you describe yourself? I'm Jessie Leong. I'm an adventure photographer based in Sheffield. I work freelance photographing people in the outdoors. So that fully immersive experience whether it's at the crag or in the mountain landscape. So, you know, I've been freelance for about three and a half years and finding it kind of completely a new and exciting adventure. And with that, I've been photographing mainly people climbing, so track climbing, as well as exploring the mountains on foot. Climbing. Oh, well, I want to talk about so much of you yeah. know, how you combine your photography with your climbing and your adventures mm. and also the equipment and that kind of stuff. <laughs> but if we can take it right back. Mm -hmm. So where did you grow up and how did you get into photography? did a little bit of growing up in High Wycombe and but mainly in Essex where there are not many mountains. I loved art at school. I loved using my imagination to kind of really bring ideas to life and one of the years I did a fine art um, qualification early, my teacher suggested, well, instead of having a bit of a gap, why don't we do photography? Now, we don't have any cameras, but my art teacher said his granddad had this old little film camera. And he said, well, why don't you have a little play around, take this film camera out and just go and shoot out in the local area where you live. And I, I remember taking these images and I was sort of running around with like my friends, getting them to wear these big kind of flowy dresses and, you know, photographing on a film camera. Yeah. I was basically doing, you know, fashion photography, but I didn't know it at the time. Finishing like my high school education, I really wanted to study in the North. I wanted to kind of get away from the South, you know. I've come from quite a traditional background, so both my parents are Chinese and with that comes quite a lot of expectation that you should go out there, you should get, you know, ideally get your degree from Knoxbridge University, have a very traditional and stable career. And I just, you know, I was quite a bolshy sort of 18 year old <laughs> kid. And I, I was like, nope, not having this. Yeah. I want to go to art university. I want to do, you know, my university had the word college in the name, heaven forbid. <laughs> and I chose Leeds. So you, so you got up to Leeds and you did a degree up there. Mm -hmm. And so your photography there was very much, was it commercial, fashion? It was. At the time when I was doing my degree, I was really influenced by um, a lot of fashion photography that I'd seen in Vogue. And I kind of followed that example in my work. So, you know, I was acting as the role of an art director. 
um, the photographer, the editor, sourcing makeup artists and stylists. I found at the end of my degree, I was just absolutely knackered. You know, mm. I've really struggled with the work I was making because you know, you'd always find yourself trying to please somebody. You know, someone would go, I, you know, I've given up my time for free, so I'd like these images as soon as possible, please, because I need to promote myself. And I found that I wasn't really enjoying what I was making anymore. Mm. So in between this time, I was doing some work as a brand ambassador for the brand Merrill, who kind of make outdoor apparel. And they asked me to make an event with a student society. So I approached Leeds University Union Hiking Club and they said to me, they were like, you know, great to run this event. You know, the pub quiz went really well, really well attended. And then they said, well, because you've got all this kit, why don't you come out hiking with us? And, yeah. and I was like, yeah, all right, you know. For me, before this point, my outdoor activities had been limited to the air cadets. Okay. And they're saying to me, well, you don't need to carry a 65-litre pack with your roll mat hanging off the outside yes. in a little mug. You can, you can actually just carry a day pack and we'll go to these lovely locations. We'll organise it all for you. You just need to turn up on a Friday and we'll drop you back off in the same location on set Sunday night. So it soon became a bit of an escapism. Mm -hmm. And this hiking club kind of entered at the right time in my life where I really, really craved getting out of the city, getting out of Leeds. And I probably was not in a very kind of good place, mentally speaking. And then I was sort of, you know, observing these people in this community of friends. And I thought, oh, I want a bit of in on that. I want to be in that circle. So you, then you went out with this hiking club a lot. And, and how did you connect then? How did you mm -hmm. make the realisation about bringing your photography into that? Yeah. I started, you know, bringing the camera out when I went on various trips. So I owe a lot to the hiking club for giving me those opportunities to go to, you know, to the mountains. So going out to the Cairngorms and to Glencoe and photographing basically my friend, me and my friends out in the mountains. And I also went and started approaching different events. So Kendall Mountain Festival mm. was probably one of the first events where I went down as a volunteer and just said, throw me in the deep end. Yeah. I'll get myself out to all these different talks and photograph anything and everything. So you, so you were at the stage where you were going out and photographing on your mm -hmm. trips to the mountains with the hiking club. Yeah. And then you were volunteering for mm -hmm. festivals and events. Mm -hmm. So how did you increase your experience with photographing in the mountains? And then how did you start to make it your mm -hmm. career? Yeah, I found myself opening myself up and just sort of saying to people, actually, it's okay to ask for help and ask for people who are more experienced than yourself to go, do you mind just showing me some of your skills and experience? One of my friends who's in his 40s, he was quite happy for me to, to go out and climb on his really old like 80s climbing gear, really heavy bits of um, protection, and we'd go out and climb. And I think, you know, I owe a lot to, you know, my first kind of climbing partners because they had that patience um, to take me out. And then at the time, I then started, you know, photographing, I was photographing a lot of different events. So the campaign at the time I really remember is This Girl Can. Mm, so, I love that. Yes. so I, I did some work, did a project with the BMC, the British, British Mountaineering Council, and they had some funding from Sport England and they wanted one of their 
the strategic aims was to try and get more women into indoor climbing. So I started photographing some images for them and they were one of the kind of first people that I felt like this is a campaign I can really get behind because I'm in it and I'm a female, you know, I'm a female climber who started in the indoors and is now moving into the outdoors. Yeah. And with the photography at the time, you know, it was taking on kind of projects like This Girl Can, which led to, you know, more work with photographing a lot of different communities in climbing. So um, the Pinnacle Club had a international meet in 2016. So it was attracting climbers from around the world. And I said at the time that I would love to be there and photograph them yeah, and absolutely. just meet all these quite interesting personalities. Yeah. And luckily they kind of listened to me and they went, all right then, you know, you come along for a few days and document the festival taking place. Wonderful. But really, you know, from that moment, I really started properly considering being part of a climbing club and photographing women climbing. It's so wonderful that you found your niche and have found like that, that, <laughs> that calling, you yeah. know, having, having explored all these different mm -hmm. routes of the outdoors and now mm -hmm. find out what you're wanting to, to focus on. Yes. So if we can go back a little bit, mm. where have you been in the world where you've been um, rock climbing mm -hmm. and doing photography mm -hmm. for your work? So my work has taken me to some amazing locations, the Dolomites and, um, and the French Alps. So photographing in Chamonix, everywhere in the Alps is photogenic. You know, you've got these very jagged, very sharp looking mountains. The kind of photography that I've taken has always been about placing people in these environments. Mm -hmm. It's not enough for my work just to be documenting the landscape. It has to have people at the very heart of it. And it could be people moving up a slope, people setting up camp. And um, I really like those photographs where we bivvied on the night before we were gonna do the Arete de la Table. And my friends um, making a cup of tea and we're having like a dehydrated meal and sort of taking some photographs for a brand. And I just thought, this is so cool. This is like such an adventure in itself. You know, we, we had an option to like, potentially stay at a hut lower down. And, um, and I just thought, do you know what? This is like, this is like a million dollar hotel because we are in, we're so privileged to be in that, that position and the weather window was good. And I think my photography really does best when I've got time to slow it right down and just not be rushing ahead and thinking, oh God, I've got to miss the shot, I'm gonna miss the shot. So what do you think has been your favorite outdoor shoot mm -hmm. when you have been there for work? One of the first shoots that I really thought, wow, this, this feels amazing, like, I can't believe I'm, I'm here as a photographer, was a shoot I went with Light Shed Pictures and it was a shoot to Switzerland. Mm -hmm. And we were doing some, sh we were photographing for Low Alpine. So photographing, you know, like a sort of 38 litre rucksack, a little kind of luggage trolley thing and a little hold all. And it was just, you know, the brief was go to Switzerland and have, have a bit of a jolly in the mountain. Mm -hmm. You know, we did loads of footage, you know, photographing along these ridges and going through this gorge where it was so, so cold. Like the water had run off from this waterfall and frozen. And I was like, this looks like something out of like Frozen, like a Disney film. <laughs> and you know, it's just photographed everywhere. But I really took that opportunity to kind of be a photographer not only behind the lens, but in front of the lens, in front of camera. And, you know, photograph like 
the, the guy who was filming me photographed the people staying at this, you know, this little cool hostel in Swiss Alps. And, and that to me provided that first taste of this is what it could be like for you. If you don't mind being a little bit run and gun, dropping everything to get out into the mountains. When it's really nice, it's really, really nice. Outdoor photography is challenging, especially adventure photography, because there's always a prerequisite that you are ahead of the athletes or the talent, and you need to be capturing them when they're having their highs, but also when they're experiencing their lows. So, you know, climbing photography, especially in the mountains, means that you, you need to be the person at the front, the front of them. And if you're at your very top of your game or you're very stretched at your venture limit rather than your comfort limit, that can be very, very difficult because you need to make sure that you are, you are safe at the end of the day and you're not going to risk your life just trying to get a photograph. So absolutely. I mean, I think that's the really interesting thing about your career mm. is that not only do you have to be so good at photography, mm -hmm. but you have got to be completely safe mm -hmm. and know exactly what you're doing. Mm -hmm. And basically, I would assume, you, you know, you, nobody can be looking after you <laughs> because you're ahead. Yeah. So that is so interesting. You've got to be so skilled in that to do both yeah. those disciplines. I think I've been aware that what I've been interested in in, in my personal personal life has kind of crept into my professional so you know if you're surrounding yourself by going climbing all the time then ultimately you end up taking photographs of your friends climbing and then it progresses up into photographing athletes at a crag so you need to be able to be skilled enough to hold your own and with that climbing photography has a certain like technical setups so I've been really, really fortunate to assist a couple of filmmakers at local crags and photograph and film athletes such as Will Bosey um, climbing, really, really hard sport climbing. So when the main filmmaker's been high up on the, on the ropes and things, I've been capturing the footage on the ground. Mm -hmm. And then in my spare time, I've been practicing with my own friends and, and athletes, photographing being the person hang, dangling off the rope, you know, yeah. so moving up and down which, you know, using equipment such as Jumars, which mean you ascend the rope, as well as a Grigri, which means you descend. So you need both to yeah. be able to move and look after yourself. Mm. So all of those things, plus making sure you don't drop your camera, you don't drop yourself. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you don't drop a lens off the top of a crag, which, touch wood, I've not done. Is there a particular place when you're on a rock face that you find gets the best angle you know how far away are you yeah. from the climber it's about identifying where there's particular um you're looking for the crux move so in climbing there will be obviously easier and more difficult sections on a climb and being able to identify where the tricky move is can be often the best place where you want to position yourself so yeah. you get that reaction and you know, and even on film shoots, sometimes there'll be an interaction between the filmmaker and the climber, and they'll, inter they'll either interview or kind of encourage the climber um, to push past their own mental mental mm. fears. So I've, I think being quite far up, you're often quite high up above the ground. Mm. Your feet might be sort of swinging into sort of, sort of dead space. And, you know, and it kind of, it can, it can feel quite... Um, painful at times because you're sat in your harness yeah. which isn't great for your lower back. I mean it's certainly not a, a comfy position <laughs> is it? It's not a comfy position. No. You've got all your kit hanging off you which 
includes your safety apparatus, but also your camera equipment. Mm. So there's a number of different checks and things that you need to do to make sure that you know your setup is safe, and then you you're, you set up the frame and you capture them. So in a filmmaking perspective, you might ask your particular athlete to do a route multiple times so you can get a close-up of their face mm-hmm. or close-up of their hands. Um, but if, you know, like you say, like, you know, photographing somewhere like in the mountains, like in the Alps, there is no sort of second chance because you are documenting the action as it happens. So I, for me, I feel like photographing as an expedition photographer um, or like a, a sort of high altitude photographer is really like as tough as it gets, you know. And it's something that I aspire to get more experience in. Just thinking about when you're photographing these people, potentially when they're, yeah, rock climbing, mm-hmm. how are you carrying your kit? So is it, you know, do, to talk me through it. Mm. What, where, is, where is the camera hanging? Off your mm. harness via a carabiner? Or <laughs> how, is it, how is it working for you? It's really tricky because there's no one go-to way of kind of carrying your kit. So everyone's got their own way of setting up. So I will have, on my harness, yeah. I'll have my grigri and my, um, dis- my ascender. And, and then I'll also have my camera, camera in like a little bucket bag. Mm-hmm. And so the camera has a little um, sling attached to it so that when you're photographing, you always have some kind of backup. So that sling will be clipped to a bag and the bag doesn't leave your harness at right. all times. And there's all sorts of different things that, you know, you have um, a backup rope as well. So you're always constantly trying to minimise the possibility of dropping stuff. Mm, so Definitely. What camera do you have mm-hmm. and what lens are you using? Mm. It's a full frame camera, so um, like a digital SLR camera. So I'm using like a Canon Mark III and, um, and I'm using like a lens which normally I try and use a zoom lens because I think it gives, it's a bit more forgiving. So you can get a really, really wide shot as well as kind of zoom in on um, the reaction of the climber as they're getting closer. I do find myself drawn to photographers that you tend to use more wide angles in their shots and then position the climber so it fully feels like there's a lot of space in the image and really exaggerates that sense of, wow, isn't that steep? Yeah. Isn't that exposed? So. I really like using, you know, the 24 to 105 millimeter lens. I tend to try not to bring too many lenses with me just to kind of avoid dropping kit. Oh, complications, exactly. Complications. You can't, you can't yeah. be risking that. Those lenses are really expensive, aren't they? Yeah, definitely. You don't want to be. Don't want to be destroying them. What do you think is it about adventurers that you love mm. photographing them? I think adventurers have that slightly outsider mentality. And this obsession, this need to be in the outdoors and chase it no matter what. And I think that lends itself quite well to being, you know, if you're an outdoor um, creative as well, you know, you'll drop everything because you'll see that the weather window's really, really good. So, you know, you're drawn to the capturing people, people's reactions, people's emotions, and how do they cope when they're on the, the, the sharp end of the mm. rope and they're climbing. So... You know, so finding like-minded people within this community that happen to get it as well is just amazing. So I think it it gives you a very privileged position um, to be able to use the format of photography, to use film, to capture that and capture the moments when they don't even realise the camera's facing them. That's what I've learned. 
what is it about the outdoors that made you think this has to become my career? So I think the outdoors is, has become quite an evolving um, relationship that I've sort of learned has become quite an important part of my life. You know, um, I think it very much started out as an escapism and now, you know, it is almost like an addiction. You know, you, you, get, you get a taste for being in the outdoors and that feeling when you come in and you go, that was an amazing day and that fully immersive experience of being outdoors so it's a great sense of community then the outdoors yeah isn't it? it's a real strong sense of community and a support network do you have a, a favorite photograph that you've taken in the outdoors so one of the photographs is a photograph i took of a women's mountaineering course a women's winter week that took place at glenmore lodge and i photographed a group of mountaineers heading into the, like the, as the conditions were turning in. And so, you know, we were in an area of the mountains called Korian Schnechter in the Cairngorms. And it was being led by Libby Peters, who is, you know, one of the UK's um, only mountain guides and who's female. And I just remember thinking, wow, like it really looks quite um, an intimidating landscape that we're getting into. And the photograph really stands out because Libby's wearing this bright orange poppy jacket and, and everybody's picking up their feet as it's starting to get a little bit steeper and a little bit more committing. And everyone's got their ice axes in their hands. And um, you can just see people with their crampons on and just looking upwards and sinking into their jackets, bracing themselves against the weather. <laughs> and, um, and I really like that image because not not just because it's women getting into the outdoors because i think that's quite a, a simplified way of looking at it but actually there's a real adventurous aspect to it you know when you really look at the image you think okay you know this is kind of commitment now because we're going up the, the slope we're kind of committing ourselves to a route and anyone who's ever kind of started out in a in a sport where the conditions can change um, knows that that feeling of okay, I'm a little bit in, a little bit scared now, a little bit intimidated, but we're in the safe hands of an instructor. So you know, it wasn't, and it wasn't that bad anyway. It was fine. We found some snow. <laughs> but it sounds beautiful, and, yeah. I, and I'm sure that we could put the picture on on the website. People yeah. can have a look at the picture there. Yeah, that'd be great. are the three people that have inspired you most in your career in outdoor adventures? One of my kind of inspirations has been the work of Ben Tibbetts, so the alpine photographer. His work is just outstanding. It's just, you know, these people moving through the mountains in these beautiful conditions. And I very much look to his work as that inspiration. You'll often see them in guidebooks. So as a climber, you know, you're, you're, if you're going to a new area, you'll buy the guidebook. So that forms a bit of a, it starts getting you excited and interested in visiting your new place because you're looking at their, at their work all the time as a reference point for the roots. How about your second person? My second inspiration, I think, Jen Randall. So she's a female filmmaker. She's made films like Operation Moffat. It's um, a film that follows this adventure called Claire Carter about trying to look at life with a bit more of a venture as inspired by the first female mountain guide. 
And the, the first female mounted guard was called Gwen Moffat, so the film's Operation Moffat. Um, and I think Jen Randall has, she slows it down in her work and she's very good at making the subject kind of like speak for themselves. Mm -hmm. So I've, I've been lucky to not only observe her work, but also work collaboratively with her on the Switzerland shoot. So, so she made this little brand film for Low Alpine. So it was great working with her. Yeah, so she's been a big inspiration. So yeah. how about your third person then? So my third person, my third person would have to be, I think my climbing partner. Um, Coops. So, what's her full name? So her name's Emma Cooper. So, um, she's. I mean, she's kind of not. She's not the classic Instagram climber, unfortunately. Um, she always finds it funny when like loads of people know about it, but she has no idea what's going on. Um, she is an. She is an A and E nurse, and so I find her a real inspiration because she's the kind of person that holds down quite a stressful job. Mm -hmm. So she works thirteen-hour days, and yet you know, when we go out into the outdoors, like she never brings that drama with her. So, you know, when, I f when we're in si stressful situations, when we're in the mountains, I find her calm demeanor gets me through some quite tricky and exposed locations. And if she's stressed and I realize, okay, things have hit the fan a little bit. <laughs> I hope you don't need that too much. No, <laughs> no. So I think, I think having people that can handle stressful situations are really, really inspiring because it makes you realize that you shouldn't, you know, you just need to just toughen up and just get through it. Coming up at the end of the podcast, your real outdoors fix. A minute of the sounds of nature to divert your mind away from daily life. But first, back to Jessie for her tips and advice. So tips for budding adventure photographers then. Mm -hmm. What would be some of the things that you would suggest? One of my one of my friends, who's a, a producer for an outdoor film company, said to me that one of her first tips she recommends is carry a spare base layer with you. So when you're going into the outdoors, often if you're photographing like athletes, you're going to be if you're part of the crew, you are trying your very best to get in front of the athlete because you're always trying to capture their emotions and the reactions. And as soon as you stop that's when you get cold. Yeah. And as a woman, you, you know, you'll, you'll bring loads and loads of layers, but there's no point layering on top of something that's sweaty. So she said, as soon as she stops, she changes out of her base layer and puts on her spare. So that's a top practical tip that I learned from her. I think that's really useful, actually. I also recommend, you know, understanding how your kit works in different conditions. So, you know, not only being able to use your kits in the day-to-day -day when it's a nice sunny day at the crag, but understand how does it work when it's a lot colder? How does it work, you know, trying to get it through baggage and security? So in a Scottish winter scenario, your kits, your camera batteries will run out very, very quickly if they're, if they're cold. So people will carry um, hand warmers and wrap their batteries around them just so they last longer. Because if you get to a shoot and you haven't got spare batteries, then it's game over before yeah. you've even started. So, and you know, and it's bearing in mind as well that you know, when you fly abroad to places, you can't carry um, lithium batteries in your hold luggage. It has to be in your hand luggage. Mm -hmm. So just something to bear in mind that when you're traveling to like far from places, you might be carrying all your expensive gear in your hand luggage. And so if you're going to areas where the security can be very, very tight, always giving yourself extra time to manage that and try and keep your, your camera equipment in kind of bags, which don't immediately scream mm -hmm. expensive cameras in here. 
I think that's very wise. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I guess for like some tips for like people who are getting into adventure photography, um, I would say that you know to anybody who's sort of thinking about it is you know get out there and photograph. You know, and it's it's is it, which sounds very simple, but I think you know there are so many different factions of the outdoors that you'll be drawn to. So. You know, I'd love to get more into mountain biking photography. Mm. So, you know, for, for someone who's interested in that, it's getting down to your local trail centre, finding out what events are going on, um, you know, finding out what brands make those loathing that, you know, the athletes are wearing and the consumers are wearing. So know your sport inside mm. out and what what's the brand, what's the high-end side of things, what's the mass market um, appeal of that particular sport. Doing your research, you know, shooting loads, and just, you know, reaching out to people in um, the community. So I, I, I've had people who have approached to be like an informal mentor and asking them about, you know, kit advice and mm. how should I, you know, should I bring an, an extra lenses on an expedition? And they've said, you know, actually, I think it's worth doing. Mm. So having people to ask those questions is a really important factor. Oh, I definitely think it's like bouncing ideas off yeah. each other and just sort of thinking, oh, am I doing the right thing? And, and, and <laughs> yeah. they reassure you. Yeah, definitely. definitely. Oh, they're really good. They're very useful tips. So, so thank you for those. So looking back, over the last few years and the progression that you've made from mm -hmm. going from very sort of commercial and fashion photography mm -hmm. through to being you know, part of the outdoors adventure photographer community. Looking back, how do you feel? I feel that um, there's been a massive step, step like a learn, massive learning curve um, getting into this industry and some might say slightly accidental at times. But I think, you know, I recognise that there's not that many people that are doing it. You know, there's not that many role models um, in the industry that I go, yeah, that person is completely owning it and I want to be them and stuff. It's still, you know, it, it, there's few and far female creatives operating in the outdoors and stuff. And the ones that are doing it are amazing, you know. I find myself looking back at my career and going, you know, I'm really glad I like, made those little steps to gain the experience, gain the, the confidence, take my work into those environments. But that doesn't mean to say that you have to go see Alps to become a better photographer. Mm. It's just about finding the environment that you find yourself most comfortable in and the work you want to produce. So it might be, it might take me um, a couple more years to get to the next step, which might be photographing on a big wall or photographing on an expedition you know so I think that's a really exciting phase to be in because um, I realized that not everybody goes down this path <laughs> you know I was thinking if I was a, at like a careers day where I was going back into a school yeah. how would I kind of summarize my experience mm. and it's not conventional at all and you know and I meet up with friends that knew me in the very beginning from that hiking club and you know they're they're kind of some of them are completely astounded by how far I've come along, because I'm not the conventional adventurer, you know. My family aren't outdoorsy. I haven't been surrounded by those sports since when I was young. It's just something I've kind of stumbled into as an adult. 
So I think if, I think people listening to this, I think if you ever sort of feel like, oh, I don't fit in, I don't feel like I'm outdoorsy enough compared to this person or this person, then, you know, I say to those people and I go, well, actually you can, you can give it a go and you can like try it, try it out then that's the really important thing that like, you know don't don't lose faith in yourself just because you've had one setback or whatever you know everybody starts off wearing the waterproofs that aren't really waterproof <laughs> you know everyone has a slightly crap gear from you know the outdoor shops and because that's all they can afford at that time and you make those steps forward and you go okay i need to invest a little bit here and i need to get some more skills here and acknowledging that is the first step really making the most of the outdoors Oh, Jesse, it's been so lovely to chat to you. Thank you so much for telling me all about how you've gone on this path and this journey. And it's just so much excitement to come, isn't Thank there? you, Liv. And it's been lovely speaking to you and having this opportunity to speak on this platform is such, a, such an experience for me. So thank oh, you. I'm glad you enjoyed it. <laughs> anyway, thanks again. Thank you. Before we get to the real outdoors fix, which is a relaxing minute of the sounds of nature. I want to say thank you for listening. And if you enjoyed the podcast, please subscribe to it. Also, I'd love to hear your feedback about The Outdoors Fix. So leave your comments on the website, which is theoutdoorsfix.com. You'll also find photos of Jessie and her adventures, as well as other episodes. But now, time for escapism.